Life is composed of lights and shadows, and we would be untruthful, insincere, and saccharine if we tried to pretend there were no shadows. Hey y'all, this is Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern, spooky, and occasionally fried. This week we are coming from the parks of Orlando, Walt Disney World. Indeed. We are. We are covering the dark side of Disney, so of course that makes it perfect for us. It does. And I am Heather, your fairy goth mother. And I am Tommy, your, well, currently in Florida man. Currently in Florida man. Yeah. But don't be fooled, folks. I've seen him talk to animals. He's a Disney princess. Mm. Yes. I'm a Disney princess. A pretty, pretty princess. And he looks great in mouse ears and a tiara. Hey, you said you would not, you wouldn't tell them. I'm sorry. So anyway, <laughs> we did some recording in our hotel room and some out in the parks. Yep. Tony is our technical genius while wearing that tiara. <laughs> yeah, there's there's going to be a, a couple of, like, the sound quality is going to change a couple of times because we, you know, do, we, we recorded it while we were there. It's definitely, you're going to notice it, but, I mean. So there'll be background noise and people and crying children because nothing makes me happier than that. But okay, that did sound harsh, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> I'm an evil stepmother, really. <laughs> Oh, you really like children with ketchup <laughs> <laughs> on toast <laughs> so what are we talking about we have all kinds of things to talk about we don't really have an order to them but no. there are people who will just sort of say disney as to mean pastel and cute and frilly and generally just generally sanitized niceness yeah you know puppy lips and gross things like that but if you go back to the beginning walt disney himself definitely believed in a dark side it gives stories their highlights i think and that quote about lights and shadows way back at the beginning was from him yeah um his early pieces like silly symphonies there was the skeleton dance there's Mm -hmm. usually a scary piece in it and pretty much all the movies have well they have villains of course or there's not much of a story and the villains start out kind of well i'll say minor i guess yeah but by the end they become quite terrifying yeah and also disney had this thing with killing parental authorities do you know why he did that uh it had something to do with his mother dying at an early age once he became quite wealthy he bought his parents a house and i'm not sure if she wasn't aware of how to use it or something went wrong with it but the gas from her oven caused her to asphyxiate and she did in fact die and he felt very guilty about that that's not a good way to go it is not and i think he knew that and that is why even though he was an adult at the time why so many of his characters are down a parent or two. That's just a thing that stayed with him. No, it's not for all movies. No, 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 no. But for the majority of them, one of the parents is gone. Yeah, we start out with that tragedy. Like, no one ever gets over Bambi. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, I guess the slightly younger group, Lion King, we all cry at Mufasa. Did we? The the younger generation. Oh, yeah. Our kids, my kids and yours, you know. Maybe not us. That that is a hard scene, I will say. (laughs) So, now, granted, Disney's not as quite as awful as a lot of the grim stories that they're based on. He did sanitize them a little bit to make them more family-friendly. Yeah. You know, they're not quite as, I don't know, pristine as people might think. While we were researching this, we started looking on YouTube for, like, what are some of the top things that are the dark side of Disney that, like, everybody knows or does? And, of course, about half of them are at Disneyland, which is over in California. Yeah. But we'll sort of pretend that they, they exist over here, too. Though one of my favorites, and it's actually part of both, I think, is the people leaving the ashes of their loved ones in the yeah. various rides and such. Um, from what I understand, it's a big thing here, too. Like, I mean, there was, there was a, there's a recording of a woman just walking 
running through one of the parks, literally just like pouring it out, like she's pouring a forty out for her homie, like just across <laughs> the grass, and they're just you can't do that. And I can see that a lot of people would think it's unsanitary, but as both you and I know, cremains are completely sterile. Yeah, but it's probably also not great publicity if they're like, yeah, we have to now sweep up the remains of your loved one with the dustbuster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly in our funerary practices. Probably not a good thing. I think yeah. they, you know, Disney cast members have codes for things. Oh, like, yeah. I understand they call problematic, like super problematic guests, extra special guests. Yeah. I have heard from one of my friends, and I don't know if this is true, but the cremains being scattered is known as Code Grandma. Wow. <laughs> I don't wow. know if it's true, but code, that's what I've heard. Code Grandma. Yeah. That's, Apparently, that's they up. consider, yeah, like if you get caught, they'll, they'll escort you out. So, yeah, that's the thing you definitely have to be discreet about yeah. if you try it. It's probably one of those things of they will escort you out and probably not let you back. Disinvite you. Though, yeah. I don't know. I think spending the rest of my eternity with my bits somewhere in Haunted Mansion, I'd be totally okay with that. Oh, we both know you would be fine with that. Or Tower of Terror. That's also pretty. Yeah. In that nice sort of way. And another thing is the bed in Pirates. Which we should say is in California. Yeah, which is in California. We don't actually, if you've ridden, if you've ridden Pirates like we did, what, twice today? Just twice today. Yeah, twice today. There is no bed chamber. In, yeah, we have some different scenes yeah, than the California really one. But in California, there's a bed chamber with, you know, a skeleton on the bed. But on, the, like, the headboard itself actually has a skull in it. Sort of, like, mounted. Yeah, and cast members have actually confirmed that 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 is a real skull. And yeah. where do you find a real skull? Well, from what I understand, they actually went to UCLA and got bodies because, you know, back in the day, they just couldn't make bones look real or anything. They went and they got these skeletons from the cadaver place. I mean, how does one just walk in and say, yo, you got a cadaver or two? And, you know, that's they started using that. But as technology grows, you get better at making things. And according to some of them, they, they started making them look real so they just kind of took out those bones but there's still a couple left the one on the headboard according to cast members is real and the skull and the rib cage of the pirate that's attached to the wall that's been stabbed through <laughs> and like the sword is through its rib cages in the wall those are that's a real rib cage and a real skull is do you know if there's any truth to the rumor that the headboard decorative skull is an imagineer i'm not sure they know it's a person but a couple of the people said that it actually it was it was donated by a former Imagineer who apparently worked for Disney for so long and was like, look, I want to be a part of the rides. And they were just like, yeah, that would be really cool. They were just like, okay, we'll use your skull. So I've heard of that happening in Hamlet where someone really wanted their skull to be yeah, used for Yorick. Yorick. So why not? Yeah. And, of course, the other day we were talking to the wonderful lady who was in Memento Mori about the the Utilidors. Oh, yes. Yes. It was raining really bad, and we kind of stepped into uh, Memento Mori just to get out of the rain. Which I don't know if Disneyland has that or anyone who hasn't been. Yeah. Most of the rides will have kind of a gift shop at the end of them. Well, just outside the exit of Haunted Mansion, which, as you can imagine, is one of my favorites, is a gift shop called Memento Mori. And it is decorated much like Haunted Mansion and I loved it. Um, All their 
just creepy. It's so cool. It is. And uh, everyone looks not exactly like the maid dress outfit that they have in Haunted Mansion, but you can tell that they're related. So, yes, we were talking to a cast member girl yeah. maid about the Utilidors, which, again, is the thing they don't have in California. Yeah. That's a thing they developed for Florida. Yeah. And according to her, when you're in Disney, well, the Magic Kingdom, you're actually on the third floor. Second or third. Yeah. The ground level is the Utilidors. Yep. And they built everything up. And she, yeah, it's like there's the ground level, which is the Utilidors. And then the next one, which is, she said there was just all the rooms and stuff that they keep all the merch and stuff in. Oh, yeah. And then storage. the third floor is you're actually on the third floor. And probably higher once you get into some of the rides. Yeah some of the rides so not as creepy as ghosties or anything like that just kind of a cool little fact that back in the day people were like oh those aren't real no there's the utilidors are a very real thing and do those people know what they're for no well i i guess if you're into disney like we are you're you know but i guess the average joe just going to disney really wouldn't understand that they're on the third floor so in the event that you don't know what the utilidors are imagine the basement and apparently it's kind of a maze so you kind of have to know where you're going but this is uh, where all the cast members can go they pick up costumes they can get from one place to another Mm -hmm. i imagine that's where all the dressing rooms maybe but this is also so that we don't see characters dressed from one place crossing over into a place they don't belong yep apparently that's a thing that actually kind of irked uncle walt it was seeing peter pan in Frontierland. yeah that doesn't work so yeah so um this is the secret passageway thing that of course that that appeals to us yeah and the staff of course like if there's a cleanup they don't want the staff running from one you know land to another so somebody just pops out of a utilidor that that you know is stationed in a tree somewhere and just comes <laughs> and cleans it up and then disappears back into the uh the folds of disney indeed yes we as the patrons only get to see i guess the pristine cover you yeah. know the the good looking stuff there's a lot of behind the scenes going on there that i think i would enjoy seeing someday i'm going to take oh, that yeah. you know the keys to the kingdom tour yeah feral, i think i should love that feral cats and such that eat all the mice that are not mickey yeah <laughs> so i think one of my second favorite rides just for its gothy gloriousness is the tower of terror of course which, uh, yeah, Tower of Terror, absolutely. Which, and I don't know if it'll be before this part or after this part. I've already spoken about from Epcot. You can see the back of it. Yeah. You can see it from Morocco, actually, and they made it blend. But the Tower of Terror, the basic idea of it is, is that it's the Hollywood Tower Hotel, this glittering bauble of, like, 1930s Hollywood. Yeah. And the Twilight Zone episode that it's in is that's, I guess it was, like, Halloween night. It was struck by lightning and weird things happened, and that's why the elevators are all crazy, because of this Twilight Zone lightning strike. Yeah, if, 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 if our listeners haven't figured it out, the entire point of the ride is you were in a Twilight Zone episode. Which is very, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. You go through the gardens. For, mm-hmm. The queue is through the gardens of this beautiful 1930s hotel. So that's, what, 90 years old? Yeah. I'm very bad at math. So everything looks beautiful, but dilapidated, dusty, cobwebs. cobwebs <laughs> everywhere. All the extra cobwebs. Oh, and when you walk in, you smell it. Like, oh, you smell yeah. the 
dust, you smell the cobwebs. It it smells like an old basement in there, which is amazing. And yeah, those are scents that we rather enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a Twilight Zone fan, there are lots of little, I guess you would say Easter eggs, little things to find and look yeah. at, little props that you would recognize from old episodes of Twilight Zone, which I've not seen that many, but I just like the sort of haunted, creepy, um, and I love the outfits of the cast members there, yes. the bellhop. Yeah, they, they're all in their bellhop outfits with the little round bucket hats and all <laughs> I that. I think they call it a pillbox, but a yes. A pillbox, yeah. Yes, but you go through the hotel and then they lead you into kind of a library where you get your filmed introduction. You get to see... The voice match of Rod Serling is yes. freaking amazing. Oh, I can't remember who they got to do that. We should really research these better. We should. <laughs> Actually, guys, hold on. We're going to edit that really quick. We'll put in a name. Mark Silverman. Yes, he's the actor performer who mm-hmm. voice matches Rod Serling yeah. seamlessly because I think they actually did use some of Rod Serling's voice and yeah. then some of this other actor and you can't really yeah, you tell. you can't really tell. And then they walk you through this huge boiler room. Which is amazing. It's glorious. It's also. nice and cold and dusty and... Lots of cool things to look at. They're basically on kind of a catwalk looking down into the machinery of the, of the building. Yeah. And this is where the service elevator is. And if you know where to look, there are hidden Mickeys. Of course, like any good park, you're going to find hidden Mickeys everywhere. What I did enjoy was that there was like a 1930s radio on a table down amongst the machinery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so clearly someone's like listening to their playlist of the day. And then you get to ride the elevator, yeah. which is super exciting and fun and, well, scary. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that there are the bellhops in there that are like, enjoy the ride. Elevators like closing and they're just waving their hand. Like, I mean, they stay in character pretty well. Tower of Terror and I would say uh, Haunted Mansion, Haunted they get Mansion. Way with yeah. being a little more dour, a little somber, yeah. sometimes almost having a tidbit of an attitude. Yeah, some of them, some of them wear not a rude sar- one. Just yeah, some of them wear sarcasm very well. Indeed, indeed. Today uh, we had the one uh, yeah, haunted I'm, mansion lady who was admiring our haunted mansion wallpaper fan. She had one too, and as she walked by, she says, "Who wore it better?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're they're allowed to play, which is very fun. It is. They, fun. they stay in that creepy kind of facade I guess and the guy the other day when we went in and he's like looking at my mustache and I was talking to him and then I we came back a couple hours later and he's like oh you're back <laughs> it's so it's you. so cool yeah it's like and and they actually I, I think they really get into playing these characters well and I think they also enjoy it when we as patrons or as guests play back mm-hmm. you know you and I doing Renaissance festival we know how much fun it is to play with people and how hard it is when they just kind of look at you funny and yeah. just stare. So I've always tried to play with them oh, as yeah. much as they play with us. Oh, yeah. And that kind of pays off sometimes. Yep. Do we want to tell our special Tower of Terror story today? Sure. So as Tony has mentioned, he sports a glorious, what, 18th century? 18, 1800s handlebar mustache. If you know me, you know the mustache. Indeed you do. And he's kept it waxed and beautiful. And, and of course, we have to wear masks on the transport now, but the masks are less prevalent in the parks at this point. Yeah, they, they've lightened up on the mask code now. And we went back to Hollywood Studios expressly to ride Tower of Terror, which was down as we got there. Yeah. And so we went over to Rock and Roller Coaster, my other favorite ride. It has nothing to do 
do with anything spooky. I just love it. And then we saw that the uh, <laughs> the Tower of Terror was back up, so we're like, run! Yeah. Get in line! So and there we are, like, power walking past the people listening to Aerosmith trying yes. to get the Tower of Terror. And uh, one of the gentlemen in the, one of the bellhops Hunter. noticed. Hunter is his name. Hunter yes. is his name. We do not know his last name, but that would probably be a privacy such, issue. Such a fine gentleman. And he did note Tony's beautiful mustache, Tony's beautiful outfit. He got so many compliments today. I dressed cool and comfy. I did not dress up today. And there I am in dress pants, uh, a nice button-up shirt, and a vest. With Disney villains on it, yes, mind you. Yes, So he got complimented all the time, and I just was like, I'll be the pretty person not getting complimented. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the bellhop noticed the mustache, and he said, greetings, sir, love the mustache. And as we got talking, we noted his, his cool accent dropped a little bit, and he just talked to us like a real person. But we didn't have long, because we went zipping right in, because... Yeah. Like I said, power walking. Yeah, it was like a minute to get into the... So we left, rode the ride. Left, left, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, you're weird. Um, and as soon as we got back off, we were definitely ready for some water. So I gently asked Tony to please get in line and get some water. And I went to see if I could see how much the line... Uh, yeah, the wait. The wait time would be yeah. to ride it again. We run into the same cast member. Hunter. Mr. Hunter. Yes. And a gentleman and a scholar. It, well, I don't know about his education levels, but he did seem quite cool. And I asked him, so, what's the wait time? And he just was, like, shaking his head, going, oh, it's it's back to 150 minutes. And I was like, oh, bother. <laughs> you know, I really had hoped to be able to ride it again, but I know, I understand. And he looked at me, and he looked over to Tony, who was still in line, and he said, is it only the two of you? Indeed it is. Do you mind waiting a moment for your beverage? I'll wait. And he just walked us straight into the building, right into the, not even to the queue, but right into the place where you like are next to get on the ride. So yeah. we got to ride Tower of Terror and twice in a row yep. in less time than we really should have. <laughs> oh yeah, like the, the whole thing, we got off the ride, I and jumped in line to get something to drink, and then maybe four minutes later we were riding the Disney elevator to get into the yes. ride, which was awesome. He was really cool about it, and he's like, I got you front row. Yes. <laughs> it was like so cool. And we did leave him a compliment on as we could on their their yeah. app system because we thought that was very cool. Yeah. It was, <laughs> was a good little tidbit yeah, of magic it's, today. It's pretty awesome. And not that it's any creepy, but the guy who was giving the keys to the Kingdom Tour, he was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Disney he, magic. We, we sat down because Florida, it was in the 90s today and we were both, oh, so tired and walking around in the sun and we had just so happened to sit down in the shade and this family who was obviously doing the keys to the Kingdom Tour... Or had some kind of... They yeah. had a special Disney, one of their sort of tour guide looking cast yeah. members come by with a bag full of bottled water and frozen treats. Yeah. And he had some extra. And he's like, okay, does it, everyone have their Mickey Mouse bars? Does everyone have their sandwiches? And he just looks over at us and he's got two extra. He's like, would you like some? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, we're not part of this group. He's like, oh, I know. Here you go. I like it when we come back. He's like, oh, I didn't give you the proper greeting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that magical enough. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everybody's so cool here and that's, I, I really dig it. Even though we look creepy, everybody's like, we love you! <laughs> I will say it is kind of cool when they call us for um, our reservations oh, and yeah. it's inevitably, it's the Adam's Family! 
<laughs> I will never change my name for that just because it's awesome. Absolutely. And also another one of Heather's favorite rides. Not mine per se because I don't like the brain worms that it gives me. Uh, small World. You're going to talk about Small World, right? I am absolutely all about It's a Small World. Yeah, you are. I am. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I have always loved it. My dad will tell me cringily. He remembers when I was three and he, I made my parents ride on that like 12 times. Wow. That yeah. song still gets stuck in his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's just one of those ones that it's going to get stuck in everybody's head. So it's a small world. It was developed for World's Fair in 1964, mm-hmm. and it is the source of an earworm so horrible, even Scar couldn't stand it. Exactly. Now, I don't mind the song. I had the old albums that had the whole song on it. When you're on the ride, you pretty much just hear the chorus. Please shoot me. I will not. How about if I just sing It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow oh, instead? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Oh, my first time with a Carousel of Progress, and now that song is stuck in my head. Thank you, by the way. Oh, you can thank the Sherman Brothers. By the way, as you say, that song, the Small World song, yeah. plays 1,200 times during a 16-hour day. Are you serious? Could you imagine working there? You could hear it a lot more. So, so after- yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Like, Disney must have a high suicide rate. <laughs> Trigger warning. Yeah. yeah. I think they just tune it out after a while. It's like anyone who teaches small children. I mean, I taught high school. I got to where I could just tune out all kinds of noise. So yeah, I could, and I've worked in a couple places that do nothing but country music. You learn how to tune that out really quick. Point. So after two seasons at the World's Fair, I don't know mm-hmm. why I'm giving history, but, you know, why not? It was shipped to Disneyland, and that opened in 66. And then in 1971, they built a replica to open at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. So now they look a little different. Disneyland actually starts out outside yeah. whereas ours is pretty much all covered yeah now everything is inside there which I mean it's all in water anyway but yeah. and I love the dolls just the theater person in me I like that the dolls are so impeccably dressed you know they used their outfits used to be handmade and now they're digitized so they can do the embroidery and all that yeah. but that is not the creepy thing yeah I was like small world and creepy how does this work well according to you who, who happens to not like little dolls there I think there's a touch of uncanny valley there where they look normal and they move yeah but they look like little children (laughs) yeah yeah kids are creepy that's true one of the cool things i read and this definitely is in the creepy realm is that did you know that they get haircuts they do because now it's a simple reason but I yeah think people it's, find it's it very, kind of disturbing it, it's a very simple reason but is yes. that their hair is basically it's made of yarn and yep. they're in a very the entire pavilion that they're in is full of water it's yeah, a boat ride yeah so they get humidity plus florida probably yeah so the yarn that their hair is made from expands and gets longer. So they have to get trims But they year. actually do get trims, yes. Whenever they do their maintenance work, they get little hair trims. Yep. Which, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some that maybe don't. Or maybe eventually they get their wigs replaced. I don't yeah. know. But did you also know? I know I've heard that they keep moving at the end of the night. I have heard that. I don't know if it's just true for them or for any of the old animatronics. But, you know, those original animatronics that I would say are pneumatic. Mm-hmm. 
So as I understand it from former cast members and such, keeping them moving is easier on the hydraulic system. Yes, absolutely. And also the material that they're made of, it's kind of a plastic. Like if it stops moving, it would get hard and crack. So apparently it is easier for them to... I mean, like they can shut them off if they have to fix somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you've noticed that there are definitely spaces where there was someone... There used to be someone there, yes. Like in that row of what looks like it should be five hula girls and then there are three in an empty spot. And yeah. then one lonely hula <laughs> Yeah. So I know they can shut them off if they have to, but generally, I guess they just keep going. Yeah. All I mean, night they're, long they're with no a... music and no light. They just keep doing whatever it is now, they can do. You, can you imagine that, being the, the maintenance guy going in, looking around, and they're just doing their, like, silent motion? Yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't you know, <laughs> No, screw that ride. So that makes me curious, you know, like some of these other old rides, like pirates and whatnot, yeah. do they keep going all night, or are they different? Well, I know any of the water rides, they have to keep the water moving. Well, the you, water, yeah, yeah because you, that would get gross. Yeah, which in pirates means the boats have to continuously move. Well, I think that, don't that, wouldn't they store the boats at night? Uh, not always. They have to keep the boats going because that, if the, like, with all the bromine and stuff in the water, if the boats stop going, they'll start getting, like, a, um, a calcium buildup on the bottom of the boats, which means they'd have to take them out and clean them constantly, so if they keep them moving, the calcium won't build up on the bottom of the boats. Okay, I haven't researched this one myself. I yep. think it would be easier for them to take the boats out every night, but I don't know. Like, how would they regulate that? I did find an online article. Now, this is how some of the creepy stuff gets started. This really cool essay article written by someone who remembered being on Small World when it broke down Mm. when he was a kid. I'm so sorry. And apparently the sound stopped, the lights went off, and this kid was very freaked out. And he said he managed to lock eyes with one of these dolls, and he swears it lifted up a hand and waved to him. So then I started wondering, okay, where is the source of this? And I went back and I realized that the website I was on is actually a site dedicated to horror writing. Like creepypasta, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So if you found this just kind of without context, it definitely reads true, but it is not true. Yeah. But it is a very cool piece of writing. Well, and, and I imagine something that would haunt your dreams for oh, days. Oh, absolutely. And there, there was the, obviously, there there's a couple of stories to where, you know, Small World shut down and the lights came on. And someone looked up and took a picture of a dead body hanging from the ceiling. And anybody who's been on the ride, especially me, you know the way I can... I'm, I'm pretty good at seeing stuff in the dark. True. That ride is bright. I won't say bright, but it's not like Space Mountain. It's no. not as if you can't look at the ceiling and see pretty much everything. Yeah, you can look up and see anything. So, I mean... You can see all the little machinery that they yeah, use to uh, maneuver all the dolls that hang from the you ceiling. You can see all the air vents and everything. Like, yeah. It's not... So, the light coming up in that really throws me off for these people who, you know, said oh, the lights came up and suddenly it was bright. The, the ride is pretty bright. Yeah, if you wanted to look up, you could pretty much see anything. Yeah, so... So, I don't know. That I'm I'm not sure if that's been debunked. I know that's been around for a while. Yeah. It does seem like an odd one. But um, kind of going back to Tower of Terror, yeah. you know, we've seen the video of the one ride tester who's on yeah. there and then, yep. you know, you'll see the flash of a ghost behind him. Oh, yeah. And a few other kind of ghosty ones, like there's really? a Space Mountain 
mountain goes yeah, right. Mr. One Way. Yeah. Now, um, we're pretty sure that those have been debunked because I think someone flat out said they filmed well, those yeah. as promotional pieces, Yeah, right? it was like they, they actually did those for a promotion, which is, I mean, kind of cool, but... Again, out of context, people see them and think, oh yeah, my goodness, it's Ghost on Video. Very creepy, very, you know, it, I mean... It is cool. Really, it's really cool the way they did it. I'm kind of, I have to admit, I was actually disappointed to hear that those were, like, done intentionally. Yeah. I kind of wanted that. The other thing that, the only other few things I think we don't have that California does, and I sort of wish we had, is that Walt never got to see before it opened. Roy got to see it, Walt didn't. Right, so California gets Walt's ghost, I yeah, think. Yeah, apparently. And, like, you he, know how they usually leave the light on for Walt? Yeah, the candle in the window. Kind of thing, Above yeah. the, uh, the fire department in California. Yeah, he still has, apparently he still haunts his apartment yeah. there. He can be occasionally felt in his original office. Yeah, and there was the uh, the cleaning lady who walked in the office, turned off the light, opened the door, or shut the door, realized she forgot her keys, walked back in, the light was on. She's like, what's going on? So she shuts the light off again, goes to leave, and before she can even open the door, the light comes on again. So, yeah. Maybe. And wasn't she the one who actually heard his voice say, I'm still here? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is kind of nice. It would be nice, I think, that Walt gets to see his creation and visit it and wander about. I, I sometimes wonder if he ever would get to, again, I don't know how hauntings work, but like, would would it be cool if he could see the Florida one? Oh, yeah. Because it's so grand and so much better than, no oh, offense, yeah. California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, something we learned today. From our bus driver. From our bus driver, which was really cool, that the entirety of Disneyland could fit into the smallest parking lot of Disney World. Including Disneyland's parking lot and California Adventure. Yeah. And, it, and I think all of its extra pieces. Yeah, we just had a very chatty bus driver who liked to talk on the intercom. Yeah, so, but yeah, so apparently the entirety of Disneyland, including parking lots, could fit into the smallest Magic Kingdom parking lot. Well, I think the Imagineer Tony Baxter had talked about it on one of the many cool shows I've seen about Imagineers, because I love Imagineers, yep. uh, about how Disney land is quaint and it does you know it is the first one but disney world is stunning yes and we are a little spoiled because i've never been to the california one i've never been to any of the asian or european ones either i would love to see the california one if we're going into it thinking that we're going to get what we got here we're just we're going to be sorely mistaken that's true now i would love to see what like shanghai looks like because they look very cool oh yeah i am very partial to our four here and it's funny because animal kingdom is one of my favorite parks but it doesn't really have anything creepy no, no. I guess the closest we could get... Joe Rody. Creepy. <laughs> well, I like Joe So Rody. awesome. He's, He's an amazing person. I wouldn't say creepy. I'd say eccentric. Eccentric. Very cool dude. He's the Imagineer who pretty much decorated all of Animal Kingdom. Yeah. He designed all the cool stuff. It's closed for refurbishment right now, but I do love all the texture and the atmosphere of Expedition Everest. Absolutely. Which, you know, hey, cryptids. Yeah. And we did do the Kali River Rapids, which... You know, she's the goddess of death, so... Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, we're going to go on this River Rapids tour, and it's going to be all nice and fun. It's named after a god of death. Okay. But... Again, the queue is beautifully decorated. Oh, absolutely. I do love the notion that most of the stuff that they decorate with is authentic from the actual places yep. that they represent. And as I understand it, they, <laughs> Joe Rody and the Imagineers would go to these places and be like, everyone empty your attics and bring me your junk. We'll buy it. We'll buy it. Yeah. They would just, and You can only walk- imagine the natives who of these places going, who are these weird white people and why do they want our junk? <laughs> yeah. 
They want the picture of grandma and grandpa? Okay. <laughs> They'll pay for it? Sure. When I was little, I lived in a place called Pahokee, Florida. And on the way, halfway between, you know, Pahokee and this place called Okeechobee, there was this little place. And there was this, I remember this huge tree that used to hang over, the, like, one of the roads. And one day we drove by it, and it was gone. And I was you like, lost a tree. <laughs> yeah, we, like, the tree just disappeared. And I was like, what's going on? My uncle looked at me and said, Disney just bought it. They bought a tree. So they bought the tree. They came in. They picked it up, wrapped up the root system, put it on the back of the truck, and moved it up here. Where is it? Do you know? I have no idea, but it's you haven't like... Seen it, huh? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I want to find it. I believe it's on the uh, safari ride. That would be very yeah. cool. I do... I, I think they did the same thing in uh, Magic Kingdom, where they have the giant tree that's sort of in the Liberty Square with the 13 lanterns hanging from yeah. it. I know that they get very partial to certain trees, and they're like, okay, get that one, bring it here. It's well, almost like, you no, know, this is Universal, where they t- found a whole bunch of trees that had bent weirdly in hurricanes and decided to get those for Seuss Landing yes. because they looked very Seussical. Yeah. I like that it, the Imagineers would do the same thing. I, I thought it was funny today when we were walking through Haunted Mansion. Which we fam- do multitudinous times. <laughs> Quite a few times, and we enjoy every minute of it. Of course we do. We're, you know, while we're standing there, there was this family beside us, and the woman was like, no, Disney would never deal with a real dead body. It's just pretend. <laughs> Let's, you know, Let's just make pretend that it's supposed to be real ghost and real dead body. And I'm just sitting there thinking, do you know how many bodies Disney has under its belt right now? <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously, like, I imagine, you know, you're lying to your nine-year-old or whatnot. That's fine. Well, mm. I think it was, I remember hearing the kids say, well, Disney wouldn't really scare us, would they? <laughs> oh, yes. Disney will scare you. Because we've watched the thing about their development of Haunted Mansion and how Disney himself thinks or said that he thinks people like to be scared a little bit. And I also like the idea that you can't really enjoy the light side of things without a bit of darkness to give it its highlights. Well, it's just like Haunted Mansion. You go through it and, you know, yeah, it's supposed to be scary. I mean, one of the first things you see is the butler's body hanging above your head. Uh, Our ghost host. Yeah, the ghost host. It's supposed to be scary, but... It's equal parts scary and equal parts... Quirky. Quirky funny. Yeah, when you get get to the point where you're going through the graveyard and there's this, you know, huge... Musical going on from the. Yeah. I mean, like it, <laughs> that it's is pretty cool. Silly. You get the you get the quirky, and then you get the you hear a little voice go, "Hurry back!" <laughs> like I mean, you know, some of it's actually pretty creepy, but not terrifying. No, I mean, not heart poundingly terrifying at all. Yeah, most of the time, we've whenever we've seen kids apprehensive of going in, they come out loving it. Oh, absolutely. Now, back when I was three, forty-four something years ago, I remember I was freaked out a little bit because at the end you see the hitchhiking ghosts and they at the time it just looked like they were sitting between the two people in the doom buggies yeah. well being me being the little kid that was me it was on my lap apparently that scared me <laughs> they look different now <laughs> well yeah and technology has changed now they can like switch they do your, stuff they can switch your faces and move your body and stuff which is really kind of cool it is and it, I, I love how far it's come yeah I, I do enjoy both Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion and we also enjoy looking at all the gravestones in Haunted Mansion yep. that are all 
all references to the Imagineers who worked on them. Except for Madame Milota, who opens her eyes and looks at you and looks around and moves her head. So yes, Madame Leota is not only a character in the Haunted Mansion, she's the lady in the glass ball, basically, but she has a gravestone out front. And our cat. <laughs> and we named our cat Leota. But the gravestone, it's the last one right before the door, right and it go has this beautiful relief carving on it, and I actually have that as a cameo yes. necklace. But she Which opens her beautiful. eyes occasionally and looks around, and it just happens so quickly that by the time you point it out to someone, it, it stopped doing it, but people have to learn know to watch for it. I think it. it's one of those things of it's supposed to be so quick, like you see it out of the corner of your eye, and you're like, wait, what? It's supposed to give you that kind of little creep out to begin with. But if you sit there and you watch it, she does it multiple times, and it's so cool to see. And I like that they named Madame Leota after Leota Tombs, mm-hmm. who has the only name more perfect than mine. Tombs? Tombs. Yes, exactly. And she was Imagineer. Yeah. And Imagineer, an artist who worked for Haunted Mansion, and she was the face of Madame Leota. Mm-hmm. And the voice was? Eleanor Audley, known yeah. for Maleficent and Ma- uh, Lady Tremaine. Indeed. Though she, she being Leota Tombs, is the voice of what they call Little Leota. She's like this little tiny person yeah, <laughs> in like the mausoleum. Like this little statue or maquette that's up above as you're leaving. She's a little... Vo- yep, so that is Leota and her actual voice yep. wishing you to hurry back. Yep. Uh, yes, she's one of my favorites. I love her. Absolutely. You know, they've also decided that Master Gracie is the master of the house. And, of course, the uh, main one of the main Imagineers Gracie. was Yale Gracie. Yale Gracie, yep. He came up with a lot of oh, the special effects. yeah, but Yale He was Gracie. a magician. And I think we've mentioned him when we talked about pirate stuff, but he came up with the, the ballroom dancers, which mm-hmm. still mystify people if they don't know what Pepper's it is. Pepper's Ghost. Not holograms. Yep, not holograms. Pepper's Ghost. It's simple light and glass. And he tried the hatbox ghost, which did not work back nope. then, but it does it now. It does now. So that now that we have the holographic projections that we can do, it again, looks so cool. that's at California. We don't have it yet, but... We do have some cool stuff here. We do have cool stuff. Absolutely. Like all, if, if you, like um, the bride upstairs, oh, yeah, like yeah. she is completely holographic. Like she has the... She's projected. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like she, she has the body, but they project everything onto oh, yeah, her. Yeah. And it's so cool looking. Which is also how they do the singing busts. Yes. You know, there's so many cool effects there. And a lot of the effects are very simple. They're not very high tech at all. And while we had some upgrades, a lot of these effects have lasted since, oh, what, the 60s, 70s? 60s and 70s, yeah. So that, I think, is super fun. Now, I think we need to talk about Yale Gracie. Oh, I wish I had more details on him, but he is just this theater magician. Yep. He came up with beautiful things, but sadly, he had a terrible end. He did. And I I don't know why it happened, but apparently someone broke into his house yep. and attacked both him and his wife while mm-hmm. they slept. The wife survived, but she Gracie survived did not. She survived with wounds, but Mr. Gracie himself got killed. And I don't know why. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. anyone does. Yeah. So it's... You know, I I'm find myself fascinated in the, well, that's creepy in itself, but I just love the whole concept of, of Master Gracie and his, oh, yeah. his gravestone that's out front. I think we have so much to talk about. We should probably stop soon. <laughs> we do. Let's talk about how, like, Die Out Love Pass kind of mixes in with Disney. You want to talk about that? We can. Yeah. You brought it up in a weird way. I think you just want an excuse to talk about your favorite movie, Frozen. I really wish you would just let it go. He's a little bitter. Actually, I'm a little bitter too because we loved oh, the ma- not the Matterhorn. It was the Maelstrom. The Maelstrom. The Maelstrom. Such a cool ride in Epcot. That would have been creepy because it had trolls and stuff. And now it's frozen. Now it's frozen ever after. I think you're the one who's got a problem here. Ugh. 
But there is a cool thing, and I will, I think we should reference or at least sort of shout out Caitlin Doty, because yes. we found out because of her, yep. in her Disney episode, she's Ask a Mortician. If you haven't seen her on YouTube, please watch her. She is amazing. She is funny. She is brilliant. So explain to us what Diotlov Pass is to start with. First off, I think we should also credit Mr. Ballin with this as well, oh, yeah. John Ballin himself. For well, okay, he's talked about Yacht Left Pass, but he did not know about the Frozen. Okay, so in 1959 in Russia, the Dyatlov Pass. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Dyatlov Probably Pass, not, but you know, I think people will recognize it. That nine hikers were up in this pass that's you know full of snow and everything, and as, as Russia is, as, yeah, as Russia is, and a couple of days later, they found them all just dead and no one can figure out why they were dead. Six died due to hypothermia. Two of them had chest trauma. Yeah, chest trauma. How does that work? And one of them died due to a fractured skull. Now, for a long time, they really couldn't figure out how this happened. Like, they were just alive and then not alive. (laughs) They were suddenly unalive. Yeah. But wasn't there, like, some question about, like, how it happened because, like, they had come, like, torn through their tent. They weren't fully dressed. Like, there were some of them... that were not dressed at all. Like, certainly not for being in snow. Yeah. And they had some strange injuries. Yeah, like the chest traumas. Like, people were like, why do they have chest trauma? What's, you know, what's up with that? Like, for decades, it's been this kind of unsolved thing. I know so many YouTubers have talked about yeah. it. I know Mr. Ballin talked yep. about it. Caitlin talked about it. Yeah. But they did, Disney, in its own way, did kind of help figure it out with the help of a program that they used for Frozen called Matterhorn. Matterhorn the program that controls yep. the snow. Yep, Matterhorn is a program that controls how the snow falls, the weight of the snow and everything, and some brilliant genius decided they were going to design Dyatlov Pass in, like, with the Matterhorn, and they stumbled onto the fact that they died due to a an avalanche. Which had been floated as a possibility, but most people are like, no, 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 no. Their injuries yeah. are just too strange, but I think, they figured according out, to Caitlin Goody, yeah. who actually knows, like, who requested this to happen, like the scientist behind it, they figured out, nope, this was absolutely avalanche. Um, the, the chest trauma was from the avalanche hitting them. The hypothermia, of course, when you experience hypothermia, sometimes you feel like you're just overheated, which is kind of a weird thing for the human body to do, but you, it's a thing. Humans are weird. Yeah, you will get so cold that you think you're, you think you're hot, so you will strip down. That's that's how they explain that. The head trauma, of course, the, yeah, snow, hypothermia. Okay. So through that, through the program, they figured out that it was just an avalanche that killed these nine people. And it wasn't Bigfoot, and it wasn't aliens, yeah. and it wasn't all kinds of the other things that have been floated about as, as suggestions, which, again, slightly disappointing, but kind of cool that they could figure it out. So yeah. Frozen contributed, thank goodness, yeah. contributed to the solving of the Dyatlov Pass it mystery. It did. It did. I guess they didn't want to build a snowman, though. Really? So here's a little trivia question for you. <laughs> Out of all the rides at Disney's Magical World here in Orlando, what would you think would be the most deadly accident-prone ride? I would go ahead and say the Sky Trams. The Sky, the Skyliner. Yeah. Well, I imagine if one did fall, that would be pretty bad. Oh well, no. The, but they're fun to ride. Oh, they are. They're very fun to ride. Out of all the rides here at Disney, strangely enough, from what I've read, it's the People Mover in Tomorrowland. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the People. 
people mover. That little bitty thing that we were sitting in today that goes barely five miles an hour. Yep. The people mover. Yes. Yes. This is in Tomorrowland. It's a little tram that holds just a few cars and it takes you all around Tomorrowland. It even goes through Space Mountain. Yeah, it goes through Space Mountain. I think whenever they finish Tron, it'll go kind of just right by it or maybe it'll go through that too. But apparently the people mover is deceptive because it does speed up, but it's it is very slow and there have been incidents of people i don't know engaging in darwinism and thinking they can jump from one car to another and discovering that they cannot especially being 30 foot up yeah that doesn't help either so yeah apparently there have been i think more deaths caused by the people mover than anything else wow and i will say disney rides are pretty safe it's not like the county fair or the state fair that comes through they're not wobbly and scary they they get inspections all the time but accidents do happen and usually it's because people are well they don't listen to the rules they don't keep their hands arms legs and feet inside at all times yeah or their entire body just That's yeah weird. people don't follow the rules no, bad things can happen Darwinism. even even in the most magical place on earth yeah Ooh, the most busy place on earth especially right now yeah Ooh. oh well, i just had a thought that one of the things that had been noted somewhere is that nobody dies at disney well i think that's sort of true but not in the way people think death certificates are not issued (laughs) they don't give you a toe tag at disney yeah probably um the reason why (laughs) cart you through the (laughs) agitilladors the reason why is most people who are pronounced dead are pronounced by a doctor the doctors are usually at hospitals probably true people can die at disney people have died at disney but the doctors who pronounce their deaths probably we don't work at Disney. No, that would be a little odd. I'm a coroner for Disney. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'd I be found a, dumb... a hidden Mickey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're terrible. But I adore you, you strange little man. Uh... No, so the. I'm sure we could probably talk for hours and hours, but no we one's might gonna have, listen. We might have to. We might have to do a part two. I don't know. We may have to. Yeah, we got a lot more stuff to talk about. Eventually, we might do a part two. Hell, maybe next year when we come back, we'll do another. See if we can find some new dark stuff to talk about. Yeah. In the meantime, people, keep your arms and legs and heads on the rides at all time. And don't jump from the people mover. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, So are we doing our closing now? Yeah. We remain Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast of all things spooky, gothy, and coming to you from Walt Disney World, where everything is Mickey-shaped and covered in glitter. I'm Heather, your fairy goth mother. And I'm Tony, your in-Florida man. Yeah, but he's also a Disney princess. (sighs) You said you would stop doing that? Not yet. You still have the tiara on. I can't help it. Get rid of that. I want to keep the wings though. Fair enough.